Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your Huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. We talked a lot about Oregon's uh, deflating 37-34 loss to Washington last week. Um, or over the weekend. In the hour number one, if you missed any of it, check out the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. Um, the carnage of the Pac-12 didn't just end with Oregon uh, falling to UW, though. There was more. Oh, wait. There's more. It's like an infomercial every time the Pac-12 <laughs> comes. Nothing can be easy here. Nothing can be easy. Um, as Jed Fish... In those Arizona Wildcats, they went into the Rose Bowl and knocked off UCLA, the 12th ranked team in the country, 34 to 28. Um, uh, how about Arizona, man? They jump out to a 14 nothing lead. Jane Delora plays the game of his life. Balled out. I mean, absolutely incredible game by Jane Delora. Um, and they jump out to an early lead, and then to to have the kind of wherewithal to survive that storm. How many times have we seen? You know, the chip, we talk about this all the time, and it's one of the things that Chip Kelly's always thrived on: the avalanche. Mm-hmm. Right when the avalanche comes and the offense is rolling for UCLA, how do you respond? And for Arizona to score ten points, or, or I think it was thirteen, no, the thir- thirteen points in the fourth quarter. All three of their fourth quarter drives, mm-hmm. they went field goal, touchdown, field goal. Mm-hmm. That's incredible for a young team that is figuring out how to win tight games. Listen, man, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I took the over on Arizona for this season solely off of our discussion with Fish. <laughs> yeah, solely. Like I, well, I was, was like, only like two, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, we we, we talked to him that Pac-12 media day, and I looked at you. There's something about this guy. Yeah. And then we had Jacob Cowan come down, and I'm like. Oh no, they they believe in it. Like they yeah. they believe believe and start talking to a few people around Arizona and you're like, no, seriously. Like they we had the same thing here at Oregon State with Jonathan Smith this year. Angie Machado was like, no, there's something there. And I was like, they're they're over is what was it two and a half games? Yeah. And I was like, they can win three games. Mm-hmm. They can win three games. And 
And here's why. They have a quarterback. They got a dude down there. Yeah. They get a transfer in Cowing, who was one of the best receivers in the country. Yeah. Coming at it, was it UTSA? Uh, UTEP. UTEP, I'm sorry. I get all the Texas yeah. schools mixed up. And then you throw in Dorian Singer, who made life hell for USC two weeks ago. And you start looking him down the list like... Uh, Tetra McMillan, uh, one of the most highly touted recruits on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, like, flipping out a Servite and going over there. He had a big touchdown. Yeah, they, they've got dudes, yeah. like, particularly on the offense. Now, the defense, a different story. You know, Charbonnet still runs for a buck 81 and three tutties. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but pretty good. Arizona is on their way up, and they're going to be a problem as long as Fish is there because that recruiting class coming in is a top 20 recruiting class. And well, and they just are coming off the heels off of another one too. Yeah, they're um, like they're they're moving forward. But the flip side of this, all, all, all the, the pro Arizona praise, UCLA fell face first into a bear yeah. trap. Yeah, they did. Good lord! And they now join that kind of. There's a new cluster of teams, right? And it's Washington is in it of two lost conference teams because right now USC currently is seven and one in Pac-12 play because they've just played more uh, Pac-12 games because they have that game against Notre Dame at the end of the year. Uh, they are seven and one in conference play, uh, followed by one lo- fellow one loss teams, Oregon and Utah, uh, both six and one in conference play. U- UCLA and UW are now five and two, uh, and this is in in, in Pac twelve play, which mm-hmm. this thing is wide, friggin' open for who plays. Almost half of the conference has a realistic shot of being in the Pac twelve title game. There's only one team right now that truly controls their destiny. That is USC. They beat UCLA. They were in the Pac-12 title game. Well, I mean Oregon too. If they if they win out, they're in the Pac-12 title game. Okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's... yeah, and Utah. There's three teams that do. Because if if both Oregon and Utah win out, they're oh, in the Pac-12 title yes. game because they were they play each other this weekend. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, they te- yes, you're right. Yeah, Technically, yeah. they they control their own destiny, but they play each other. That was kind of my point. Yeah, USC is. They have one game. They win. They win the game. It's they're in. They win. They're in. They got one that's, last one. That's the and This one. weekend is going to be huge. It's I monsters. Mean, it's USC UCLA. We've all kind of had this weekend circled on on the Pac-12 calendar. Oregon, Utah, USC, UCLA. We we looked at this literally from the beginning of the season. Yep. That's going to be the deciding factor of what this conference does. No, and it's going to be doubt about it. And look for Oregon. You got to do some soul searching mm-hmm. because, because Cameron Rising back. And this Utah is not an Hunt? easy game. Absolutely not. No, this is going to be this is going to be a humongous game in Otson Stadium come Saturday. And I was one thing I was stunned about with with UW, who which UW, if you if you're wondering, they've got Colorado this weekend, which <laughs> is a bye before uh, they play Washington State. Which again, rivalry games stuff can always go sideways. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, like if I told you Washington State upset Washington, you should not be surprised at the end of the season. No, not from what we've seen from that team. No, and look, I mean, this is a is a very real thing with Oregon, too. Like Mario Cristobal at the end of year at the end of the year, the last handful of seasons, like it was like white knuckling it, Mm -hmm. you know, to the end of the year. The injuries that were mounting up in the in that UW game. Look, if Forsyth is dinged, if Ryan Walk is out, if Bo Nix in, and he's getting further evaluation Listen, on his he, lower leg any injury, any one of those gay guys are out, they are in trouble, it, big time. I mean, though, those three are first team All Conference uh, performers right now. You know, I, I mean, mean Forsyth's one of the best centers in the country. <laughs> like, yes, he is. And if you don't have him against a Utah defensive front. 
who, while not as good as it has been in the past, they still got a whole lot of beef up there. And Bo Nix was a Heisman Trophy candidate, candidate until until this past week, yeah. where I'm not so sure much of what he did, except for fum- I mean, yeah, the fumble I'm on on the one yard line. That was a big one. Yeah. But he had a he still played a hell of a game. He got through for 280 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 59 more, and a touchdown. It was a pretty good game uh, for Bonex. Yeah, no, otherwise spectacular game. But again, and you saw just how different this offense is without him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think anybody's calling for Ty Thompson anymore? I, I, though there will be. I mean, there are, there are those folks, but I mean, look, he, he and this is I I hate this because it's like that. That's I know you're not doing it. But it's like that's perceived as like a knock on Ty Thompson. No, no, Nick's has just been incredible. Nick's is better, and Ty Thompson, he's just not ready. And that, no, and that's totally that's different. Okay. Quarterbacks have different timelines. It's totally <laughs> fine. I, I think that it's okay to be like ah, oh, you know, but, Nick, oh, Ty Thompson. Perfect sucks. example. Bo Nix. Bo Nix was not a good quarterback until this year. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, seriously, like it's it's fine. Like certain quarterbacks develop sooner than others. It's yeah. okay, or later than others. It's totally fine, yeah. but. If you're going into Utah and you don't have your quarterback or your center, who are both vitally important to what you do, literally the only two people who touch the ball every play yep. against a team that is going to come after you. Yep. Like, again, Oregon is a tremendous job of keeping Bo Nix off his back. What is it? Yeah. Three sacks now in the season? Uh, they allowed two coming into last week, right? No, only one. So they two on the season. They, they have two on the whole season. If yeah. they don't have their starting guard... They're starting right guard and they're starting center. Do you think Utah's going to bring some pressure up the middle? Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to do that. <laughs> I have a feeling just watching tape they're going to do that. Yeah, and so you start to go, okay, does that change how we go about our game plan? And yeah. you're damn right it does. Yeah. Oh, man. But now we, you look at it because of what happened with UCLA's loss, with Oregon's uh, loss. You have three one-loss teams, two two-loss teams, Almost half the conference with just, in USC's case, one conference game to play. Mm-hmm. And most everybody else, two conference games to play. You have almost half the conference vying for the conference title. On the college football playoff, do you think it's dead if USC runs the table? No. No. If USC runs the table, they'll still have top 25 win against, I mean, UCLA, is, it's not as sexy of a yeah, top 25 That's what I mean, because like, losing that, that game to Arizona drops down the quality of win for USC if they win. But you have uh, you have a top twenty five win there, and, and then you'll Oregon. have another one against Oregon or Utah yeah. or technically UW um, if if Oregon has another loss in, in conference play. Uh, the, that is a very real possibility. Is it sexy enough? Is it sexy enough for the Pac twelve to get the bid? Yeah, yeah. You think so? Uh huh. Yeah, I think USC can do it. I, I think USC can do it because they're already getting love. Based on the rankings right now, because look, what's the best win that USC has right now? Tell me the best win USC has. Oregon, Oregon State. State, it's Oregon State. Yeah, yeah, that is their best win on the season, and they're still ranked eighth, seventh, seventh, seventh. Uh, well, they... eighth, eighth in the college football playoff, right? Uh, I thought it. Um, regardless, they're still a top they're six, ten seven, eight team right there. Yeah, they're still a top ten team and have not do not have a great win on their schedule outside will, of Oregon State. They will have Notre Dame, who will be 
probably ranked at the end of the season as well. So yeah, they'll have two more. They have an opportunity to have three top twenty-five wins at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. it's true. And then having it at the back end of the season. Yeah, you're, okay. they're they're fine. Yeah, yeah, they, it is open. Um, but I think the bigger concern for the Pac-12 is will that loser of the Pac-12 championship game, if USC does run the table, get are they going to have are they going to have enough juice to get get you into have two teams in New York New Year Six bowls? Because then you're talking about the extra runoff of cash that comes down by mm-hmm. having multiple teams in, and that that's going to be where you need Oregon or Utah to be impressive down the stretch and have that game be close. Yeah, because the way this lines up, one of those teams might have three losses. The Pac-12. Yeah, no. The Pac-12 title game loser if UFC ran the they table. They definitely will have at least three losses. Like, are they are they able to get a Rose Bowl? Yeah, I you know, yeah yeah they'll take the Pac. If the Pac-12 champ goes. Then and is in the playoff. You think they'll take the, them? I think they will. Okay. I think they will because it means so much, especially with who knows what the Pac-12 is going to look like it's, in the future. It's true, this, this the is going to be one of the last ones. The yeah. Bowl, they're going to want to do it. Um, but again, I'm more high on. I think the Pac-12 is staying together at this point. Like that's what it kind of feels like. You, you, you've been talking as if like the Pac-12 is dead and gone and going to be gone. No, just USC is leaving and UCLA. They're leaving. I think the Pac-12 is going to be sticking around. Klyovkov is a little too stubborn for that. 503-250-1080. That is our fan text line. Um, all right. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, the Oregon State Beavers. Gosh, we've got a lot. we got a ton of college football today. The Beavers, um, they slammed the door on any sort of funny business happening in Corvallis over the weekend. And at the same time beating Cal, they stuck it uh, to the Ducks as well. Danny Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Oregon State Beavers demolished Cal 38-10. And it was actually more impressive than it even sounds because the lone touchdown wasn't even an offensive touchdown for Cal. (laughs) The Beavers' defense lights friggin' out against the Golden Bears. Well, it turns out one of the best, if not the best, defense teams in the uh, Pac-12 continues to be a very good defense. Ew. Shocking. Yeah. Breaking news at 11, Bob. Yeah, it was a fumble return for a touchdown, the only uh, touchdown. So in the first half, the Beavs opened up a 21-7 lead uh, thanks to, um, what, you had two offensive and then a punt return, and then you had a scoop and score for Cal. And it was like Oregon State, not getting into these tight games. This is the ultimate sign that Jonathan Smith and, and his staff have have this program on on the right track. Program. The the big question though is going to be health because they got banged up just as Oregon did. They got Oregon State got bit by the injury bug in that game. Like in everybody just sitting there kind of holding their breath when Jack Coletto and Jam Griffin and they, you just Jaden Grant, you see guys go falling left and right. That's what, This is the time of the year where the attrition really starts adding up for, for college football teams, and you just hope that all these guys are going to be geared up and ready to go um, at moving forward for them because that's the worst thing to see when you're in a blowout mm-hmm. in, in your, your Pick role. Pick some of these up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean USC got one of those too with Travis Dye. Yeah, I mean just absolutely gut wrenching. We'll talk about that here in a, in a bit. But um, Oregon State continues to be an identity driven team. Uh, Go Branson, another. I don't want to say whole hum game, just doing what he needs to do. Yeah, fifteen of twenty three, buck thirty seven, two touchdowns. But Oregon State continues to do the thing that I hope they would do, which is find a featured back. And I know this goes against the grain of. You know, splitting carries and diversification of roles and keeping guys healthy. No, no. Find you a hoss and give it to him. <laughs> 23 carries for Damian Martinez. Another 100-yard performance. Again, true freshman out there just grinding dudes. <laughs> and there is something about feeding that back and getting that kind of momentum and going, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And again, Thirty-eight ten sounds like it's this this big blowout game. When, but then you look at like what Oregon State's offense did: they had two hundred yards passing and one hundred and seventy yards rushing. A little balance there. A lot of balance there, but they dictated terms defensively. Yeah. Again, Cal was problematic for USC. Yeah. It was tooth and nail in that game. Jade Knott was a monster. Jade Knott was not a monster. No. Well, Oregon State's defense is good. <laughs> 
Like uh, Trent Bray has has they're has, legitimately good, good. Not like this defense. And, and look, it's not just like Trent Bray came in and Matt waved his magic coaching wand. No, and they've they got, got dudes. Their their dudes gr- have grown up, and you're seeing maturity. Um, not just in Jane Grant, who who's like in his seventh year. Spades is a monster. You you're seeing whether it's up front or second level, back level with Rajon Wright and your mm-hmm. secondary guys have monsters for this Oregon State team. Oladapo in develop development as they have um, gone through the course of this year, they keep getting better and better and better. Uh, the Beavs and, and look, this is going to be a, a quite the flurry uh, as they finish out the year. Because coming up next for for Oregon State, I mean, it's not like you're sitting there going, all right, yeah, we're on easy street now. You take a trip to Arizona State, which they're going to be... You never know what team is going to show up at Arizona State. It could be the team that rolls over and shows its belly, or the team that hangs 40 on you. And beats UCLA. Yeah, it's you just don't... It's weird. Yeah. The, 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 everything that's going on in Arizona State right now, very weird. But there's an opportunity there for, again... For Oregon State to get their eighth win of the season and then head into the Civil War for a complete S show. <laughs> flat out. Because yeah. Oregon, outside of Georgia, has not played a defense like Oregon State's. They yeah. haven't. They they will go, come close playing Utah this week, which no, might prepare yeah, them for will, it. But they'll have Utah. I mean, they've played Georgia. That's what I'm saying. Out, as I said, outside good. of Georgia, they uh, have not played a... Washington State's defense is, is very good. It, I, I would put Oregon State head and shoulders above Washington State. I, I think Washington State's defense yep. is good. I think Oregon State is the only defense in the Pac-12 that is good at all three levels. Yeah. yeah. Oregon State's damn good. Yes. Um, and, and look, this is, this is one of those games where for for Oregon State, you take that stair step up. You, you don't play with your food. You leave no doubt. Um, and like you were saying last week, you have a loss that doesn't mean that your season is over. No. That loss to Washington twenty four twenty one, it hurts. It, it went from being a oh this season could be pretty special, to they kept this thing on the rails to where you can still have an eight or nine win season. Just because it's not a ten win season in regular season, doesn't mean that you can't finish this bad boy off with a a ten win season for Oregon State with one of them being in a bowl. If you go Tremendous. ten and three, tremendous. That is so much momentum moving forward for this Beavs team. Like. Legitimately, yeah. I asked a couple of Bees fans this um, over the last week. Where are you right now? Just kind of text back and forth, folks. Where are you right now if you land JT Daniels? How much better are you? See, I. But it, it wasn't about necessarily the this year. Yeah, it was about the 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 presence of Oregon State. Yeah, like all of a sudden, let's 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 say that. The, there's a little bit of Dennis Erickson and Jonathan Smith. Uh-huh. In the, again, it's a different world with JUCO versus transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. What if Jonathan Smith is able to start poaching guys in that transfer portal that, they're, that, that nobody expects a, them a to get? That a huge tool for them. And Exactly. And if they are able to get the quarterback or mm-hmm. a quarterback, well, and then they can get a game-breaker, which they've done over the last 20 years at Oregon State. They have gotten guys on the edge. That have been tremendous, whether it's you know the Rogers or the Boldens, they have got guys year after year after year. Yeah. You're telling me that they can't go find a guy that fits their mold in the transfer market or transfer pool? God, I'm sitting here talking soccer and transfer market. <laughs> it's the same thing, effectively <laughs> at this point. It is a market, but it, you're telling me that if Oregon State wins eight, nine, ten games, 
that that doesn't matter. It, it matters a ton. It, it does. Like when you start going, look, look where we were without you, without you, player X. If you come here, look what you can be a part of. Yeah, you can be a part of a guy who's a featured part of this. You don't have to sit out, and he'll do the same thing that Dennis Erickson did at Oregon State, which is, do you want to start? Because they're a competitive school who can say, you can go to Georgia, you can go to Alabama, hell, you can go to USC, but you're going to be behind somebody. Yep. You come here as a third-year guy, fourth-year guy, you're going to start. Mm-hmm. UCLA did an incredible job of this last year. They went and basically brought in 10, 12 dudes from very smart schools, either in their graduate years or their COVID years or whatever it was, and they plugged them all in as starters. It's a hell of a map for Oregon State to follow. And if you can carry the momentum from this win into another win, into a competitive game with Oregon or even an upset, and you go into a if they let's 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 put all the cards on the table, Dusty. Okay. If the if Oregon State ran the table yes. and beat Oregon, yeah. how good is their bowl game? At nine and three. Rose Bowl, right? What? They're Rose Bowl, right? No. What? No. You don't think so? A Rose Bowl? Yeah. No. You don't think so at 9-3? No. If they ran the table, you don't think they'd get it? No. Because they'll take the loser of the conference championship game. Okay. No, they... No. No. They'll either take the winner of the conference championship game or the loser. Okay. Yeah, because that's the second place team in the conference. If the winner of the conference championship game is going to the college ball playoff, then they're going... I, I think a 9-3 and Beavs team, realistically, maybe you get the Alamo Bowl, but it's probably a Holiday Bowl. Or, or it's Vegas now, number three. I think Vegas may be number three. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't... Think... I, I have a really suspicion that the Pac-12 title game is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be very tight or a complete blowout. I don't yeah. Think, I don't think it's going to be like a, oh, that, 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 they took care of them. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? I think it's. I, I don't think it's going to be a comfortable no. win. I think it's going to be a complete blowout. Or no matter what happens, why? It doesn't matter who's there because it's the Pac-12 and they can never make this easy. No, goodness, no, they won't. Uh, big shout-outs, by the way. You had we had an, another punt return for a touchdown. We had a punt return for the Beavs. Uh, Gould, I love watching kick returns for touchdowns, like kickoffs. So few and far between we find a kickoff return yeah. for a touchdown anymore. But punt returns, we can see that magic. And anytime the punt, anytime the ball is in the air, I love well-coached teams. They were good on special teams. Mm-hmm. And when you, can, when you can add seven, this is why I thought it was so crazy that Lincoln Riley said, Pay attention, Lincoln. He's not going to hire a special teams coordinator. But make sure you have a tight end coach for the team that doesn't use tight ends. Oh, my gosh. It did, did what what it can do for momentum in separating in the game. Like, look, Beavs offense, you're going up against good defense. But anytime that like, Cal looked at, at at that, and they said, "Okay, we're done now," because the offense for Oregon State had gone touchdown, touchdown on their first two drives. The defense had finally gotten a stop. And what happens when they're when they're putrid offense? goes on the field, and they go three and out, punt return for a touchdown. While Oregon State had two touchdowns on their first three drives of the game, Cal had two three and outs, and one of those three and outs led to a touchdown to put you even in a further hole. That is when you sit there and you go, all right, they're done. And Cal folded up the tent and said, that's it, we're, we're done. And it ended up, that Being game? Very done. Oregon State not just beat Cal, but you, you stick one to your rival, too, because Bill Musgrave, the offensive coordinator for Cal, he got fired today. He's a former duck. And, and here's the thing. And your tight end's uncle. Yeah, there you go. Your yeah. tight end's uncle. Luke About Musgrave's that. uncle. Which, 
again, I, I never like seeing guys lose their jobs. No. But Cal's offense sucked. It was bad. And they, they, they needed to make a change there. They need to get more modern. They need to change some things up. Writing was on the wall, though. When you yeah. brought Steve Greatwood in a couple weeks ago to be an offensive consultant and analyst, they fired not just Musgrave, but they fired their offensive line coach. I think uh, by the end of this sentence, Steve Greatwood will be the offensive line coach for Cal. Yeah. And listen, Cal's defense, good defense. Yeah. And they, and they don't have the dudes necessarily because they're, they're working on the academic plane and they don't care about football. <laughs> to be bluntly honest, no. Uh, but I think Wilcox has done about as good a job as you can do there, and I think most coaches in the conference respect what he's done and they respect his mind. But they'll also tell you that offense sucked. Yeah, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. And yeah. they've got to figure out something there. I mean, really, offensively, they really haven't had anything since since Rogers, to be honest. But uh, it it helps to have uh, dudes like you know Aaron Rodgers, Maurice Jones, and Nate Jones Longshore. Marshawn Lynch, yeah. Nate Longshore uh-huh. and Kevin Kevin Riley. Listen, Beardson great. Beardson great. Beaverton, he was good. He, he was, but Sean Jackson. They, they just haven't. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it. That's like fifteen. Jared yeah, Goff. Yeah, no, the, the number one overall pick, Jared. The Goff. wheel, the well goes dry very quickly. <laughs> Javid Best. They they get guys every now and then. They I'm thinking do. of guys like fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, you, that's what I'm saying. Like. It, the well goes dry real quick, and they have had dudes over the years. Oh, well, this was a long time ago. These guys are. I, I'm just naming a bunch of guys that played for Jeff Tedford. And not only that, they played the NFL and have since retired. <laughs> Everybody but Aaron and Goff. Like that's the list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Jared Goff got sent to football Siberia. Yeah, literally in Detroit. Detroit. But again, like considering what they have to work with there, oh, my. It, it wasn't exactly a surprise. All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. All right, uh, it's time for the worst day on the web. Look, it's a great day to be a Colts fan. Not so great if you called out Jeff Saturday. Here's Rust. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Time for the worst day on the web. How about Jeff Saturday, folks? He is not the worst day. He may be having the best damn day in the world right now. No, he's he's living on cloud nine. He's uh, double barreling all the haters. And, well, he doesn't really have to because he has somebody to do it for him. Um. The Indianapolis Colts, which Jeff Saturday took over for uh, this past week, beat the Las Vegas Raiders 25-20. America's team. N- not America's team. Mm. Not, n- not, n- n- not even close to uh, America's team. America Stop loves- trying to make fetch happen. America loves a, l- a loser, right? Right? No. No, no. If no, no, no the works. Raiders are America's team, then Texas is back. Oh, God dang it. Neither one of those things are true. We know this to be a fact. Mm. Okay. All right, uh, but the Colts won and 25-20, and there were a lot of people out there that were stomping on on the hire of Jeff Saturday, one of them being Bill Cower, who went on the CBS show and called it a disgrace to, to coaching that all of these guys who work harder are getting, are getting jumped like Gus Bradley, who's on staff in Indianapolis. Uh, I think John Fox is on that staff in Indianapolis, two mm-hmm. former head coaches that you usually see just handed over to. Um, and that was in the pregame show yesterday. Earlier in the week on NFL uh, Good Morning Football yes. on the NFL Network, Joe Thomas, who's doing work for the NFL Network, and I love Joe Thomas. I mean, he's brilliant in the work that he does, and he's the 
greatest left tackle ever? One of them, yeah. I mean, one he, of the, you, one if you of say them. his name, you're like, yeah, no, you're not really arguing. He's in that combo. Uh, he had this to say about the hiring of Jeff Saturday. When you hire your drinking buddy to be the head coach of an NFL football team, it is one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in my entire life to the commitment, lifestyle, and the experience that it takes to be an NFL coach, any coach, much less the head coach of the Indianapolis football Colts. You have got to be kidding me that this is something that Jim Ursay and Jeff Saturday, who's not blameless for accepting the job, could have talked and decided that this was the best thing for the Indianapolis Colts at this juncture of the season. Oh, oh my, oh my, oh my. Scathing. Scorched earth, all of the things. But the great thing about today is media lives on forever, Dusty. Forever. So after this weekend where the Colts put up 415 yards of total offense, um, I do not believe, I think, oh, they had one fumble in the Mm. game. They reinstate Matt Ryan and make him the starter again. And quite literally made Derek Carr cry, which we'll also talk about later. Pat McAfee decided to put Joe Thomas, one of his friends, in the crosshairs because he's even better friends with Jeff Saturday. Mm. This is what Joe Thomas said whenever I asked him about the Cleveland Browns potentially needing an interim head coach just a couple years ago. Who would want to be the head coach for the Browns, and why aren't you potentially going to be the head coach of the Browns? Well, I think this might be. Time to maybe make a spoiler alert that I'm throwing my hat in and I'd like to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns. Uh oh! What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, McAfee went on to just kind of roast uh, not only Joe, but literally everyone who had something sideways to say about his friend Jeff Saturday. With a lot of cuss words in it. Yes, he did. But. I, he used that audio, and it was like I, Joe Thomas was being tongue in cheek. But I don't, here's the thing: is I don't that, think Joe entirely was. You really? I, I don't. Not entirely. I think that was like a. I think it was much like Jeff Saturday. Listen, if you make the call, <laughs> I'll listen. I'll listen. Yeah. I, I don't think like huh. when, when Jim Irsay made the call, Jeff Saturday, like Jeff was like, "Yes, I'll do it." Wow. I think he was probably like, "Let me take a look at this." And this is something that is now. Like Jeff Saturday and I, I look, I had I put money on the Colts. Like I was skinning the game on the Colts. I didn't think they were going to win. I just thought they would give an inspired effort because we see this new coach hire always. Dan yeah. Campbell with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. It, it happened. It new- happened. Same t- type of deal. You get one inspired performance, and then you realize, oh, nothing has really changed. <laughs> like, you just got a little motivational ins- in, 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 or motivational inspiration. Yeah, like one guy. in look, if Jeff Saturday goes and rips off like uh, seven more wins and he's eight no as a head coach, awesome. That is great. And well, the no, story no. is incredible. Ursay's not going to like that. <laughs> but <laughs> if that happens, like the, that, this is the, one of the greatest sports stories ever. Sure. The reality is, is that it'll wear off, and they got a jolt mm-hmm. for one week where they were the laughing stock, and they could all rally around one thing, and it was really good for the for the Indianapolis Colts and. Uh, now it's going to be back to business as usual for them. I did see a tweet. I want to say it was like, pardon my take, or something along those lines. It was one of those accounts wh- who basically said, what if Jeff Saturday actually is good at this and it proves that you don't need to spend 90 hours a week grinding yourself into a fine powder in order to win football games? Boy, ain't that the truth. It would be a, uh, certainly would flip things on its head. Yeah. Like, 
how dare you again, like Joe Thomas, insult the game kind of a situation? But and, do we know that like Jeff Saturday didn't just jump in and go back and, and like do just that though? And like, but if he did, he didn't have the ten weeks of preparation behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, like yeah. Preparing as an ESPN analyst as opposed to preparing as an NFL head coach, I imagine, are two very different things. Yeah. And yet, he went out there and did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, it, win or loss, I don't think the Colts care. I think they more the, the thing they care about most is the, the character, the culture, all that kind of stuff. And the more, you know, I'm going to go off topic here for a second. Mm. You turned me on to the edge. The the Houston yeah. Rockets, the Houston Astros podcast, Houston yeah, Rockets, Houston Astros podcast, yeah. And I've listened to two episodes already, yeah. And one of the things that, and for anybody out there, it's the, the documents the entire scandal around <laughs> yeah. Astros in intimate detail. And it's about it's it's by it's done by Ben Ryder, who wrote the article for Sports Illustrated back in 2014 mm-hmm. about the Astros being the 2017 World Series champions, and then and having them do the it, yeah. And then writing a book about it, and then they cheated, and then they cheated, and he's like, screw these guys. <laughs> So, but so. they start talking about the culture and yeah. the process yeah. and the things that matter, and like, and how um, early on in, in the tanking process, how much that just ripped the soul yeah. out of the team. Yep. And you had the third base coach, and you had baseball lifers, 30, 40, 50 years in the game, who are looking at Lou now, this Wall Street executive, and feeling you know cheated and gutted, and yeah. got. He's, there was one line about how. Uh, Luna was so cold-hearted, if you wanted him to fire his own mother, he wouldn't blink. And I think that's what they're trying to stay away from in Indianapolis, is they want to build a culture reminiscent of the Manning-McAfee Saturday era. And I think that's what Ursay is going for here. You can knock it, you can ridicule it all you want, and I I get that part of it, but at the same time, I kind of get what Ursay's going for here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. And you can kind of see the same thing here in Portland with Cronin and Billups. Like mm. they're 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 angling for a certain culture and you're seeing it emanate through and even last year when they tanked, they didn't pull the plug until later in the year because if you force even look at the NBA right now. You're you're seeing teams that aren't pulling the plugs just yet because the tax of that culture change of just now mm. we're gonna lose. Because, I mean, the Colts could do whatever they want to get here to lose. They yeah. could lose as many games as they want, regardless of coach. They can just start making moves. and. Well, that's why it's impossible to tank in, in the NFL. Yeah. Because in baseball, you can do what all these successful teams like the Astros or the Cubs, when they win the World Series. Deal away everything. Well, and you bring them all, you bring all these young guys up that mm-hmm. you tank for together in the minors, and yep. you teach them how to win together throughout the minors. And, and you then sprinkle you, some vets in there. And then you bring them up to the bigs and sprinkle in your, your wily old veterans, and boom, you can, you can turn it around rather quickly. In the NBA, you have 15 guys. In the NFL, you have 53 man mm-hmm. rosters. And that is a, you can't just hit the reset button in a season and say, nope. We take for a year, and now we're good. Culture means a whole heck of a lot. That's a that's a fantastic point on <laughs> on all of it. It's, it's just, that's, it's, what the, that's what the Colts want, and that's they're willing to sacrifice the other stuff and, and put up with the ridicule if that means that they can save what other piece or remnants of that culture existed. Because I tell you this, the Colts team coming into this season, man. Eesh. Yep. So they're trying to they're trying to save their football souls, and they're going back to one of their patron saints. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I listen. You can argue with it all you want, but if you don't understand it, like I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Uh, 
On the other side of that, though, we mentioned it. Derek Carr, uh, he did shed a tear in his postgame presser, and uh, there are reactions to it. Uh, 503-250-1080. Good for Jeff Saturday. 25-20. What a win. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. All right, uh, unpacking the Colts 25-20 win. A bad day for the haters of Jeff Saturday. He got a win. I don't think it'll last. But a even worse day for a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders. So if you were a Las Vegas Raider fan who hated the hire of Jeff Saturday, today is a very bad day for you. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, also, if you're a guy like me, you're sitting there going, hey, why isn't Josh McDaniels fired? Um, why? I say, again, why? Hmm. But we just there's just just came out just a few minutes ago. This is from Paul T, Paul Gutierrez of ESPN, who said he just talked with Raiders owner Mark Davis on Josh McDaniels. Yeah, he's Mark Davis's guy. Uh-huh. People in today's world want instant gratification. The guys coached nine games. We're two and seven. Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, we've lost six games where we've had the the ball with a chance to score. That is true. That means seven different times you've lost one score games, and six of them you failed to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. In the NFL, it is a results-driven business. Shall we? Is, shall we? How many one-score game losses that you fail to win does it take before you get fired? Because wasn't this a problem with McDaniels in Denver? Losing the locker room and, and game management? Yeah. I, I wonder, though, how much it is him losing the locker room, though, because when we hear what guys like Derek Carr had to say and Devontae Adams, what, what, what the, both those guys said after the game yesterday... It was pretty telling to me that this isn't a coaching issue. This is a guys in the locker room issue that's going on. Because if you missed it, Derek Carr, he got emotional. And this is the emotions are what people are talking about, not the substance of what Derek Carr had to say. Um, you know, I love I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And... Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, sorry. to finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off pisses a lot of guys off it's hard knowing what some guys are doing like I said just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night like just so we can be there for each other and I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place and as a leader that pisses me off I'm being honest. Now, that right there is not a Derek Carr who is criticizing Josh McDaniels. Actually, quite contrary. Mm-hmm. Praised McDaniels, praised the coaching staff at the very beginning of it, which you don't have to do. You can leave them out of it completely. But then went on, I wish people in this locker room cared more as much as I do. 
Devontae Adams echoed that exact sentiment in his postgame presser as well. Yeah, you look at what's going on with the Raiders. Last year they were a success story. They won all those one-score games. Mm-hmm. That's really where it came from. And Law of averages, though. <clears throat> it'll come back. Minnesota lost all of them last year. Winning all of them this year. Yep. But at the same time, there's certainly something there for... Derek Carr is not... He is, he is a locker room guy. He yeah. is beloved in yeah. the NFL. I know a lot of people who know Derek Carr, and they will die for that man because exactly what you just saw. He cares about people. He loves people genuinely. For him to basically go out and throw his locker room under the bus here is not something he does lightly, which is why he's so emotional about this. Well, yeah, I mean, because he he knows it. It's an indictment on Josh McDaniels as a leader, but also it's him him. as a leader as well because... He's supposed to be to get the guy, you know, pulling in the same direction. And you, you said this a lot about the Blazers this year: never letting go of the rope. Dude, Raiders, every, they, all they're doing is letting go of the rope, letting go and letting Carr and Devontae Adams and whomever's left to, to hold Figure on. It out. And that is why they're losing. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've blown three seventeen-point leads. That is also we were, t- we were just talking about how hard it is to turn over a culture and to turn over a roster in the NFL. This is also Mike Mayock. John Gruden, mm-hmm. the failures in their draft. I mean, look at Jonathan Abram. They, they literally they said, bye. That no, literally tells me right ya. there, Abram was probably one of those guys. Oh, absolutely. But it's not done. No, there's still there. more guys. And that's in the NFL, because of the depth and because of how everything goes, you can't just do this overnight. And I talked to a bunch of folks who work in the NFL, and they said the Raiders were active at the trade deadline. They just couldn't get stuff done. Just, a lot of it was because, you know what else people didn't want? People who are problems. Yep. Because you look around the league, like people know who are problems in the league. Well, that's like Mayock was like, oh, you're getting good value on a guy. Well, there's yeah. a reason why you consider him a good value. Because there's there's stigmas attached to guys. Yeah, and this, awesome. there, there are risks worth taking and some that aren't. And sometimes they come back to bite you in the butt. Hmm. But the Raiders, throughout their history, what do they do? They take risks. <laughs> that That is an Al Davis and a Mark Davis trademark. And it usually hilariously backfires. It For a very long time, it did not. This one isn't that funny, though. Over the last 20 years, it has bit them pretty much every single time, no more so than Antonio Brown. All right. 503-250-1080. That is a fan text. Now we've got some more NFL um, news that we need to get to. Game of the year in the NFL. Also, Blazers in hour number three. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.